Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. In this episode of the Fitness and Faith Podcast, we will be asking an interesting question. Should God be first on your list of priorities? I don't think you'll get the simple answer you're expecting. You'll hear about a boy's really loud prayer, and we'll visit with Stephen Mackey. Stephen has a background in ministry and leads a character development program for student-athletes. Enjoy. Over the years, I've heard some type of statement about putting God first many, many times. I've heard so many sermons about putting God first in our lives, it makes me want to, I don't know, yell, scream, stomp my feet, throw a tantrum. You know, I hope you'll listen to this whole thing before you judge that statement. I I could tell there was a lot of raised eyebrows just then. God our relationship with our Creator and our spirituality are not numbers on a list of priorities. I find putting God on a list with my other responsibilities and priorities almost blasphemous. I know God's Word tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek, yes, but God is God. Our relationship with God should not be juggled along with the other stuff on our list. Speaking of juggling, I hope you'll allow me to illustrate this whole concept. If I begin to juggle and I start with one ball, let's call that ball my relationship with God. If I start by throwing that one ball up and catching it, I can do that successfully for quite a while. But when I add in two more balls, two more of the things on my priority list, let's call them work and marriage, things get a little more complicated. If I toss in a ball that represents each of my kids, I'm going to drop some of those balls, if not all of them. I can't very well control which ones get dropped. I'm just trying to juggle them all. Now, I want you to look at a different picture. What if we envision all those balls that represent different priorities in life being put into a large, see-through, very tough plastic bag. Imagine that bag represents your relationship with God. You can shake all those things on your priority list all around inside of your relationship with God and not drop any of them. You can carry around life's priorities in that all-encompassing spiritual relationship with your Creator much easier than you can try to juggle them along with your spirituality. So my point is, God should not be first on a list of priorities. God and our relationship with God should engulf encompass, surround, and completely affect all the other things on our lists of priorities. As for those priorities, I think our physical fitness ought to be way up that list. 
because our level of physical fitness will inevitably affect every other aspect of our lives. I would go as far to say that there is not one relationship or responsibility that will not be impacted in some way by our physical fitness or lack thereof. Take a minute to think how a more physically fit you would be able to handle life's hurdles a little better. And an inspired and energized you will deal much more effectively with life than a lazy, tired, and unmotivated you. If you're not already living life inspired and energized with fitness and faith, it's time for you to join us on our journey. It's time once again for a little fitness and faith funny. There was a little boy who was kneeling beside his bed with his mother and his grandmother. He was softly saying his prayers. Dear God, please bless mommy and daddy and all the family and please give me a good night's sleep. Suddenly, he looked up and he shouted, And don't forget to give me a bicycle for my birthday. His mother said, Son, there's no need to shout like that. God isn't deaf. No, said the little boy, but we know Grandma is. I'm here this morning with Stephen Mackey, who uh, is with Two Words TV and Mackey Speaks, and I had the privilege of getting to know Coach Mackey, as we called him, when he was at Young Life in Blanco, Texas, and Stephen, it's great to have you here this morning. Thanks a lot, Coach. I'm excited to be talking with you today. Please tell us a little bit about your organization and what exactly you do. Sure. Two Words Character Development is a character development program for athletic departments. And so coaches and athletes connect the dots between the game of sports and the game of life. And so we work specifically with high school athletic departments across, currently across the state of Texas, but we are growing uh, beyond the regional level. And we work with them by providing a a game plan for character development. And that takes the shape in a seven-minute video that comes with a 36-week video lesson uh, curriculum, so a seven-minute video each week, along with a written curriculum for coaches, captains, athletes, and parents. And so we do our best to take away the hindrances, be that time or, uh, or resources or whatever the case may be for coaches who want to have an impact beyond the field, who want to coach for character, and who want to coach their athletes to be successful in the game of life, but for whatever reason, don't have the resources or time or energy to put in to an intentional game plan, we do that for them and then help them implement that. And then with that, I get to travel and speak and both on, on stages as well as in locker rooms and really enjoy getting to do that. Okay, as long as you don't tear up any doors anymore when you're talking in those locker rooms. I, uh, I, I plead the fifth on any door tearing or alleged door hanging or 
uh, ripping of doors off hinges. I plead the fifth on all such accounts. On all this stuff. <laughs> hey, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you ended up going through ministry and then how that developed into this latest endeavor? Sure. So I felt the call, I was a, a bit strange, and I felt the call to ministry in the seventh grade. And, and, and the best way that I knew how, I said yes. And so I spent the, the bulk of my life trying to figure out how to pursue this calling of ministry. And, and ultimately, in college and out of college, after playing a little bit of college football, played a year at Air Force Prep and graduated from there and then a season at University of Houston. And after I hung up the cleats, found myself serving in the ministry of young life. And then that led to my first job out of college, which was being on full-time staff for Young Life in Blanco, Texas, the booming metropolis that is. And so I got there and met with Coach Rogers one of the first few weeks that I was there and just shared with him my background, both as an athlete and then some of the work that I did in the strength and conditioning lab at Texas A&M and told him that I was willing to do anything that he needed. I would, I would wash towels, I would sweep floors, hand out water, Whatever he needed, I was I was willing to do and just wanted to serve the athletes and serve the program. And over that summer, worked in the what we call Ultra Quest, the, the summer off-season program, and, and that led to him inviting me to do a pregame chapel. And it was really the first time that I had done anything, literally the genesis of what I'm doing today. And, and as I sat down, I, I knew that the, the psyche of, of the guys right before the game was not going to be such that, we needed to go super deep into theological things, uh, as deep as you can go as a high school kid anyways. But that wasn't the time to do it. And so I asked myself the question, I began to pray, well, what's, what's the word they need to hear in this moment? And what came out of that was just a simple formula of helping guys connect the dots between the game of football and the game of life and seeing how what is true in football is true in scriptures and that disconnecting those dots, and it, it became something that both the athletes and coaches began to look forward to, and then over the next four years just kind of developed that out, but not in any kind of a formal way. Well, went on to get my Master of Divinity from Fuller Theological Seminary and serve in several different ministry capacities, both in the local church and traveling as an evangelist and communicator. And then this last year, in January of 2017, I uh, had been getting ready to start my third season with uh, Kaufman uh, High School football team and doing the same thing I'd done in Blanco. And somebody said, man, what if you could make a living doing this? What would you do? And, and I didn't really think that it was possible, but he said, don't start with no, start with yes. And so I started with the yes and began to formulate what it might look like and begin to ask some coaches some different questions. And it was out of that that came the two-word character development curriculum. And so I, I'm not explicit with my faith through the curriculum. We're, we're a for-profit organization, but so I'm not explicit in the articulation of my faith, but I am explicit in the application of biblical principles. So I like to say, I like to use the language that I use and, and preach out of the LRIV, the Locker Room International Version. There you and go. And so we communicate the, the truth and the biblical principles, uh, relying heavily on the wisdom teachings and proverbs, and then and then connect that to sports, guy, girl, seventh grade to twelfth, and help them connect the dots that way. That's kind of the, the long and short of how it went from uh, young life leader uh, to pastor to full time uh, character coach.
mentioned a little bit about your physical journey, but could you describe uh, a little bit more fully your physical journey for us, how strength and fitness became important to you? Sure. In seventh grade, I was uh, I was the biggest kid in school, and uh, and knew that football was going to be my golden ticket to everything in life. Namely, that Lisa Grisky and Diana Davis would know who I was, and they just maybe they'd go on a date with me or whatever that looked like in seventh grade. That was my goal. I thought football was going to be my ticket for that. I think there's been more than one guy that has uh, has tried to play that card. Unfortunately, uh, I while I was the biggest kid in school, I was was called Husky, and my favorite food was a Twinkie, and so uh, I was not exactly in football shape, uh, even though I was uh, big enough to, to knock some heads around, and so that year, uh, ended up actually quitting football the very first day of, of practice, uh, because I didn't want to run sprints, right, when you're Husky and like Twinkie, sprints aren't really your thing, and so I, I quit that day, and that year was just a really miserable year, and it was a year that the Lord used to draw me to himself, and and many things, but what I learned in that season was that athletes had an influence that non-athletes didn't have, and in that year where I was not an athlete, I, I quickly realized that I was on the out and that the athletes were on the in, and as I transitioned back into athletics, I, I understood in a very real way the influence that athletes have locally and then the higher up you go regionally and then nationally and even globally. And so committed myself to becoming the best athlete that I could be so that I could have the greatest platform that I could have. And ultimately, uh, that led me to an all-state berth as a wrestler, uh, football, track, all that, and then get to play football in college for two seasons. And it was through that journey of just the bigger, stronger, faster, and wanting to master the physical that it became just a regular part of my life and my rhythm and my spiritual journey. And so after college, I got into bodybuilding and then into strongman, and ultimately kind of got up to a place where I was about 330 pounds and was big enough and strong enough to pick up a house, but I couldn't run around it. And so I uh, realized that in that, in that journey of wanting to get bigger, stronger, faster, that I had developed an addiction to food and had begun to find my identity not in who I was in Christ, but in my size. I remember there was a point that I said to someone, if I got as small as 290 pounds, no one would listen to me uh, because I'd be too small to have a voice. And so uh, when I realized that, that I had that kind of mixed uh, and, and uh, you know, wrong priorities uh, revolving the physical, I, I made a drastic choice to go vegan uh, overnight. I went from double piston steaks to a vegan diet overnight. And it was about two years ago, two years ago this month, and have been on this incredible journey of finding the connection between the spiritual and the physical. And as I have a journey through that and, and let go of my identity and my, and my physical, I've been able to use my physical journey and, and weightlifting and exercising to amplify my spiritual journey um, and not to impede it. And so... It's a little bit of, of that. So you kind of touched on my next question. You know, why you why do you think physical and spiritual development are important for us? Um, you know, you touched on that briefly. You have anything you'd like to add in that? Well, I, I do think that there is a sense that the physical will serve as a medium for you to understand the spiritual, and that in a lot of ways the physical will open up for mind and 
time and, and breathing. And one of my mentors in that will talk about the importance of doing some physical work before you do that that, that spiritual or that inner work. Uh, and it just serves as, as a great gateway in that. And so for me, it's just been, it's always been a, an, an easy place to see the connections, whether it is uh, the, the struggle physical and the struggle spiritual and just seeing the congruency there, or whether it's just been a time to reflect on and memory verses. I, I remember even way back, uh, 2008, whenever maybe you were first getting started with some of this faith and fitness stuff, you talked about counting, using rather than counting numbers, uh, measuring out words in a memory verse and using those as a way to measure your your reps. And so there's just you know great application in that. So I just have always found the connection there to right. be uh, to be easy for me to understand. Right. We, we refer to that as exertion meditation, as I, I have people put their uh, verses and, and scripture into their workouts. Um, I just think it's a lot better for you than counting. I, I figure we all know how yeah, to count. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> a few years ago, I would have known the answer to this next question. What is your favorite form of exertion and why? Uh, but you know you, you've changed uh, changed some of yeah. your uh, like your eating the last couple of years. Have you changed your favorite form of exertion? You know, I, I really have I've moved away from the traditional strongman powerlifting, uh, you know, uh, dynamic and and max effort lifting, and I've really found myself in more of doing more body weight circuits. And so I'll, I'll take five to eight exercises and I'll list them on the board and, and a rep count. And then I'll just work through the circuit several times, uh, whatever, based on, on time or number of cycles that I want, whatever the case may be. And so I've uh, actually just recently sold the bulk of my weights and I have just a, a small amount left. And I find myself doing a lot more body weight circuits, um, burpees. I, I hate them. I love to hate them and hate to love them. But but am really really uh, enjoying the efficiency of burpees, and so I, I tend to find myself in looking for workouts that will be efficient. What can I get? What's the most amount that I can get done in fifteen to thirty minutes? Right, and and it seems like your workout evolution has has been about you were more interested in the power and the strength and the and your size. Um, back in the day, and now you're more about being efficient and getting the best thing for your body. That's right. Yeah, 100%. I, I have, uh, whether, call it call it old age, call it wisdom, uh, call it whatever you want, but I have completely changed and, and just evolved from size, mass, and power to efficiency and health and what's going on in the inner world, both spiritually but also just physically, like what's happening on the inside. I think even when at my biggest and strongest, I would have I would have said that I was healthy because I was big and strong. But I think if I would have looked at my numbers on on the inside, then otherwise I wasn't nearly as healthy as I thought. That the that the outside told a different story than what was on the inside. And so digging deeper and, and asking the question, what's really going on on the inside, has changed the way that I exercise and view the outside. Right. And how about your favorite way to work on your your spiritual self? How, 
What's your best form of doing that? You mentioned a little bit earlier, but if you want to go into more detail. Sure. I've been, I've been working hard to figure out what the, what my morning rhythm needs to look like. One of the things that I've been toying with recently has been this three movement morning of a physical movement, a spiritual movement, and then a, a, a preparation movement. And so, you know, just for today as example, I spent an hour in the physical, and so that was uh, first thing that I got out of bed. Uh, took a took a one minute cold shower, sixty second cold shower, and then went into just to get me going, get me woke up, do something hard as soon as I'm out of bed. Uh, transition that into into the gym, and then the second hour was spiritual, so I did some box breathing, and and then just some uh, prayer and, and meditative reflection. And then transition that into reading of the Proverbs. Let's say probably for the last year, the bulk of my time in Scripture has been in the Proverbs and and following uh, the proverb of the day. So today was September sixth, and so I read Proverbs six and 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 so on throughout the month. And that's probably been the the, the best thing that I've done in the last year as far as reading scripture, but then so finding that spiritual movement and then just taking a day to put a moment to prepare for the day. And though there are physical and spiritual and, you know, just practical movements in that, put that all together and it's really served as a great way to, to prime me for the day and to go out and to do what the Lord would have me to do in that day. Well, speaking on uh, developing spiritually, do you have a, Favorite Bible verse you'd like to share with with our listeners? So my favorite verse that I have been meditating on, thinking on recently, is Proverbs fifteen fourteen. It says, "An intelligent man is eager for more truth, and a fool, but a fool will feast on fast food fancies, uh, fads and fancies." And I've really been digging into that verse because that because there's so much the temptation. To say, I've got it, I've learned it, I know it, I don't need more. Uh, but the wisdom teaching would say that the truly intelligent are eager to learn more. They're eager to go and find people who have gone further in the journey than they have, who know a, a different path than they know, and to, to take that, that truth in and learn it and be eager for it and, and not settle for what they do know or for what's just cute and fancy and, and the thing of the fad of the moment. But instead to be eager about pursuing after the truth. All right. We mentioned your your physical journey, you know, as when we were all younger and, and doing things, whether it's physical or spiritual, you know, we had that, um, and you get this when you work with high school students, we had that feeling that we knew everything. Uh, we, we know it all. Right. We, we know what's going on. Um, and uh, <laughs> it, it takes a while for us to develop and learn and and. You know, like you were saying, not not catch on just to the latest fad, but but really get deeper. Right. Um, how about a favorite quote? I noticed on your uh, website that a lot of y'all's curriculum that you're using now in, involves quotes. So I don't even know if you can have a favorite, yeah. but do you have a favorite quote? Uh, sure, I, I do. The one that that keeps coming up for me over and over again is from Pastor Rick Warren. He says, "The purpose of influence is to help those who don't have any." And I've just, I've just been just so moved by that idea that what I have is not my own and that what I have is not for me 
and that the greatest victory will come when I use everything that I have to help those that don't have any. And whether that is, whether they have perspective, whether that they don't have hope, whether they don't have physical needs, whatever it is that they don't have, when I can take my influence, my skill set, uh, all that I have been given and all that I have worked for and use it for others, that's where the greatest victories and the game of life are found. And I never let anybody get away without the million-dollar question. If you could, oh, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, if you could only put one thing on a T-shirt or billboard that everyone you know or with whom you come in contact would see every single day, what would that be? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, but you know what? I, I, I'm going I'm to cheat a little bit because on Thursday I am picking up my first order of this exact shirt, and it simply says two words, and those words are knock, knock. And that the idea is that if you if you don't hear opportunity go knock, knock in your life, it's not because it's not there. It's because you've not built the doors in your life for opportunity to knock on. And so if you want to see and hear opportunity in the future, then you've got to do the work to build doors today. That You can't wait for it. You can't hope for it. You can't wish for it. You've got to work for it. And so wake up today, and every time you see that billboard, every time you put on that shirt, you see those words, knock, knock, it's a reminder that if I want to hear opportunity go knock, knock tomorrow, I've got to do the work today to build a door for it to knock on. Oh, I love that. I love that. I don't think anybody would have expected so, yeah. expected that. That's a good one. Uh, well, how, how, can people, <laughs> how can people find Two Words, uh, two words TV and Mackie Speaks? How can we find you? Yeah, if you want to know more about the character development curriculum, you can check that out at twowords.tv. That's the number twowords.tv. And you can find us on all the social accounts at the same Two Words TV. If you want to connect with me personally, uh, I have, on all social platforms, I'm at Mackey Speaks, M-A-C-K-E-Y, at Mackey Speaks. And I do a daily leadership podcast uh, called the Plus One Podcast. And we talk about a lot of, the, a lot of things that uh, I think are near and dear to you, Coach. And so uh, if, if uh, your listeners were interested in adding something to their drive time university curriculum, then they can add that in. Um, that's the Plus One Podcast O-N-E or PlusOnePod.com. Awesome. I actually listened to one of yours yesterday, and, and I loved it. was part of it, uh, and I think you mentioned it on a couple of different ones, but about a short pencil versus our trusting our, uh, how did long it go, memory. our long memory? Yeah, so yeah, short, a short pencil is better than a long memory. There you um, go. I, it, uh, Coach, uh, Coach Mike Thornton at 6 uh, told me told me that, and I was, I was all about that one. Well, I, I interviewed for a guy for my first coaching job. I interviewed with a guy who had, who had won some state championships and, um, I went to interview with him, and he pulled out this little short pencil and this little little tiny tablet that fit in your pocket. And he said, all my coaches carry this. And he goes, if you have an idea, write it down. If, if you know something needs to be done, write it down. If I tell you to do something, write it down. And I will never forget that. And so I got a good grin when I saw that little uh, little saying from your podcast the other day when I heard that. Well, it's been great having yeah. you here. I really appreciate you taking time to visit with us, and, and good luck in all your, your adventures. Hey, Coach, thank you so much, and keep up the great work. 
and, and we'll talk soon. fitness and faith podcast please be sure to check out our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org where you will find valuable tools and information like our blog exertion video links links to healthy recipes and more all designed to help you find your fit use the contact page to send us your fitness and faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great fitness and faith interview Please visit the partnering page to see how you can become more involved with Fitness and Faith Ministries. And remember, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith.